Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Fran McNeil, and this is the BDPA iRadio Show. We've got a terrific program lined up for you tonight, which is Tuesday, September 27th. Our first guest is Todd Q. Adams. He is the co-owner of Visibility Marketing. Our second guest is Paulette Johnson-Davis, and she's Vice President of Member Services for National BDPA, so she'll be sharing with us her perspective. Our next guest is Wanda Gray. She is Chapter President of BDPA Cincinnati. And our final guest tonight is Lahisha Williams, and she is founder of Career Help for Christians. And, of course, right around 9 o'clock, our very own Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, Mr. Wayne Hicks, will be joining us with an update. So stay tight, stay tuned, and also, if you are at your computers, please feel free to chat and stay involved. We're going to take a brief commercial break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Todd Q. Adams. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, welcome back. Todd, how are you this evening? I'm quite well, Fran. How about yourself? Just fine, thanks. You know, it's so exciting to have you on our show as a guest. When Wayne sent over your bio, I was really just fascinated. And I'm just going to take a moment to share some of your background with our audience, and then we're just going to jump right in because I'd love for you to have as much airtime as possible. Wayne shared with me that you're a longtime BDPA member, so woohoo, glad to hear that, and that you're really working in an exciting area. Yeah, we, we always like to highlight the BDPA membership. And the area that you're working in is the deployment of smart grid technology and applications that have had a really dramatic impact on IT career management, business process change management, and new entrepreneurial opportunities for people of color, as well as environmental policy. You know, number one, that's a mouthful, and each of those topics is probably a show in and of themselves. And one of the aspects that I found kind of exciting is that the Obama administration has allocated billions of stimulus dollars for the exact things that you're doing. Because... In Houston, on a weekly basis, you are responsible for providing smart grid services. So what I wanted to do is just have you sort of share with the audience, if in plain speak, what is smart grid technology and kind of what does that mean for BDPA members? 
Okay, yeah, and real simply, uh, Fran, smart grid. Just think of just think of the smart grid as really just finding better ways using uh, technology, advanced technology, uh, new business processes, and essentially, and and changing the scope of of uh, people's jobs or and responsibilities to better deliver uh, electricity and energy and better manage energy. Uh, today we have a limited capacity of, of energy or, or the capacity to produce energy. And so it just you know, uh, leverages technology in ways that better helps us to manage electricity, but, at the, but not only maybe at the utility level or at the commercial level, but at the, uh, at, at the residential level. So the individual now is empowered to do that. Mm. So they can make choices in terms of the provider, or is it yeah, more than that? It, yes, and I'll give you a simple example. If you've heard of smart meters, I mean, think of your meter today. If you have an electric meter as an example, and an old meter, um, and 25% of households in the, in the country now have smart meters, which means they're basically wireless devices that transmit your readings um, frequently, multiple times during the course of the day, as opposed to maybe someone physically reading it once a month. So they're really data collection devices uh, and that tell a lot about your consumption and your profile. And But what that enables you to do is to make real-time choices, as an example, um, with your consumption, maybe through some sort of device, a home energy device. You're starting to see more devices on the market where a person can have a smart thermostat, make it their smartphone apps that allow you to do this. And, many, and utilities, as an example, in, in Washington, in the Washington, D.C. area have already done this. You've seen it deployed in places. It's, it's in Houston, you have a million smart meters. So you have a many major urban areas where they've already done this. And so it's not, you know, this Jetsons kind of futuristic stuff. It's things that are actually occurring today. Hmm. So for BDPA members, what does that mean to them? Because it sounds like there's sure. a personal as well as a professional dimension. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think what ha what that means is for, for an IT professional, um, one, uh, there it, it touches every area of IT, meaning there's there's network management, uh, there's software development that, that is required. You have an exponential amount of data uh, increase in terms that it delivered to a utility, as an example, that they have to manage. So if you're a storage management professional, um, there's software apps uh, that have to be developed. So this is creating, and uh, there are also, um, also every, every major consulting, management consulting and technology organization, whether they be the IBMs or the Accentures or SAP, Oracle, they all have energy and utilities practices, and they hire a ton of IT professionals. Now, do professionals then have to kind of retool, retrain because it is the smart grid, smart energy, or is this something that, you know, the skills that you currently have will, in a sense, plug right in? And that's and uh, and that's an excellent excellent question. Um, you know, oftentimes there is it may not necessarily be on the technical side, but there is a curve oftentimes uh, on the business side. So you know, a lot of times you know you will may have to invest in yourself. So it, you know, it could be spending time. There's a lot of information just on the internet, as an example. Um, there are tons of webinars uh, out here that are sponsored by 
many of your energy management firms, even a lot of your utilities, quite frankly, there's a lot of information that can be acquired just over the Internet in terms of learning the industry. Uh, I believe that a BDPA, as an example, could begin to partner with some of those, you know, whether they be uh, utilities or whether they be organizations that already are existing partners, um, you know, and finding other ways to create value for, for its members and connecting members. So it's not as much about tech, the technical side as as much as it is about learning the business. Mm, okay. So how did you how did you get into this business? I mean, you mentioned uh, earlier sure. in the conversation we, we kind of identified that you've been a longtime BDPA member. Were you in energy in the very beginning? Uh, yes. Well, actually, since '03, I was I was actually working for a utility in Cleveland, but not necessarily um, in the energy management space. I was literally in IT. Um, I was managing a project to deploy a enterprise application um, across uh, you know across the organization. And it touched it touched the utility, and the utility was the big one of the big funders of it. And so uh, I worked for in government, a government-owned utility, and that led itself because there were connection points as well to uh, wireless networking. So really, a smart metering vendor who I had developed a relationship with one of the C-level, um, uh, you know, uh, stakeholders there. He literally uh, presented uh, offered a, an opportunity for me and a job. So I literally segued and, and transferred my skills, sort of, in the uh, so it was a combination of having IT experience, uh, utility, and utility experience, as far as well as the wireless experience, because I was uh, managing wireless um, application deployments as well, but not necessarily tied to smart metering. So that those skills were transferable. So I think if you have if you're in the wireless space. If you do anything in the energy space, um, if you can do that, you can a lot of the uh, skill sets transfer. And then that has kind of led me into the smart metering space, and then so I've been sort of in this energy management space since. Well, where do you, given that you mentioned the Jetsons, and when I was younger, I won't say how much younger, but when I was younger, the Jetsons really did seem like, oh, this, this stuff will never happen. But if we're at the Jetson age now, what's what's on the horizon? in terms of the work that you're doing and maybe some of the impact uh, for the IT profession? Well, I, I mean, for the IT profession, um, I, you know, I'll tell you what I, you know, I kind of see uh, that's, that's fact, and then I'll give you kind of some of my, um, you know, some of my predictions, so to speak. But, I mean, if you look at it as an example, there's been three, uh, over $3 billion spent on smart grid from stimulus funding alone. And so these are all heavy technology, heavy projects. So for, I would say, if you, you know, target, if you're in BDPA, target, whether it be a utility, whether it be a, a utility a, a wireless vendor, and, and you know, um, smart metering vendors, whether they be um, some of your management consulting firms that have energy and utilities practices, they are looking for talent. So I, I would say, uh, and their, uh, the predictions are that, 100% Renew Grid magazine says that, which is one of the major in, in tele, uh, utility uh, publications, says there will be 100% uh, homes will have smart meters. Um, excuse me, half will have uh, homes will have smart meters by 2015, which is not far away. 25% no, already do, and so that is going to so that's a lot of growth. 
Yes, a heavy mm-hmm. growth area and a lot of technology opportunity. So for, I mean, these the devices have to be programmed and, you know, uh, there's data management. There's there's so many aspects of IT. Do you, do you see um, that as maybe being another area that in a year or two would be added to the high school computer competition? Um, one of, in some previous conversations, we talked about the mobility aspect, the gaming aspect. I'm, I'm just wondering, given what you're saying, if this is something that younger students should be involved in. Yes. Um, there, you know, utilities are actually looking for people, as an example, to develop mobile apps. And some of them have even sponsored, uh, one of my clients has even sponsored a contest to develop uh, a mobile app. So they're developing mobile apps so that you can manage your own, um, so that, you know, that you can, you know, maybe manage your own thermostat. So the idea would be you could literally change your thermostat, change your air conditioner, you know, remotely from your phone and do things and control um, appliances and um, that are all connected through your home network. And so, you know, we could probably, that could be something that is simply done. You can easily simulate a network um, and have people literally program the network and develop an, uh, develop an app on site that could be uh, it's a perfect idea. It could be part of the competition. Wow. Wow. And it could have you know, commercial implications <laughs> and, and 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 that could and you can create and they could create a small business as a result of it. I love it. Well Todd, we're going to be talking some more and I know that uh Jane Zetta and I have been brainstorming. She's got a youth team um, putting together a marketing campaign and a number of the high school computer competition organizers are thinking of ways to, you know, keep the program current and position the students to be competitive. So um, uh, you may be getting some phone calls on (laughs) how we might be able to help uh, it happen. Good, good. Well, Todd, as we um, wrap up, what's one final thought that you'd like to leave with our audience because you've shared a lot of good information and I and I should say that we're going to bring you back um, to really spend a whole hour talking about what you're doing and um, some of the, the technology behind it. But what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners? Uh, a, final, a final thought, I would say that the, the domestic market is growing and there is even more opportunity on the international market. Uh, so be global, be global and opportunities abound. Wow. Okay. Well, you have, uh, and I, I can't resist, you've sparked our interest <laughs> um, and uh, really appreciate you sharing just the statistics and the growth opportunities that are available. So thank you again, Todd, and look forward to having you join us on a future show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, coming up next is Paulette Johnson-Davis. Paulette is the Vice President of Member Services for National DDPA. Um, Paulette, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? Doing fine, thanks. Well, it is exciting to have you on the show as well. Thank you for taking some time out of your evening. And I know that you two are a longtime member of BDPA. Um, where did you get your start in terms of BDPA? Which city well, were actually, you in? I, yeah, I started uh, with BDPA in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Actually, I had not uh, been involved with BDPA, but BDPA had just been um, 
started in Colombia, and um, the founders were going around to different companies in Colombia and uh, telling us about BDPA. And so my manager told us about it. We, I went to the uh, meeting. I was instantly attracted to what BDPA had to offer. That was 1997. I've been actively involved ever since. Oh, wow. That That is wonderful. So in your... In your involvement, I imagine that you've had multiple roles leading up to what you're currently doing. What what were some of the roles that um, you played within the BDPA organization, and why were they meaningful to you? Well, I started off um, actually on the education committee. We were responsible at the local level um, with um, putting together programs for our chapter, and then I moved into, actually became um, the chapter president after I uh, moved from the education committee, and I was chapter president for two years. And um, then I took a variety of roles and wound up being chapter president again, and now I'm currently the immediate past president of the local chapter. So I have pretty much uh, maintained some type of uh, leadership position within our um, Greater Columbia Area chapter since I joined BDPA. Now, your focus is, your focus has been with the chapter. So now you're focusing on membership nationally. What's what's transferable and, and how, what's your strategy in this new role? How to make it happen for you and the chapter and, and for BDPA nationally? Well, actually, everything that I've been involved with at the local level is transferable because, you know, the programs and services that, from the national standpoint, BDPA promotes are all programs and services that each local chapter is responsible for providing. So the main focus for me would be our high school um, computer competition, our high school training program, because we've got a a real desire to promote information technology among our minority youth and to get them excited about uh, being an IT professional, realizing that there's um, uh, not only an opportunity for excellent paying jobs, which, of course, we want for our kids as well as ourselves, but a rewarding profession, an opportunity to network with um, minority IT professionals, folks such as you. And in the IT profession, even now, there's really not enough of us and so when you're able to participate in an organization where you can network with those who are like you, um, there's certainly some value in that. We also promote uh, professional development among our own members. We provide leadership opportunities so that the uh, members can gain those particular skills and those are transferable back to their uh, particular job, to other organizations that they're involved with, to their um, churches, um, just in general in life. And so skills that we provide within BDPA can certainly um, provide value to anyone um, within any um, area um, in life, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree. And I I know that for your chapter, that commitment of getting the youth involved is, you know, literally demonstrable because I guess this year you brought – almost 20 high school students to Chicago, right? Oh, we actually did, and that was really the vision of our chapter president, Phyllis Coleman. Um, Phyllis's uh, vision when she became the president was that she wanted every student who participated in our 
high school training program to have the opportunity to attend the BDPA conference in Chicago. And so our Saturday training programs are focused on not only training the students, but getting the parents involved because, of course, parental involvement is, is vital to our, uh, you know, being able to carry such a large number of students, as well as our, our local chapter uh, support is provided, you know, and is necessary as well. So her vision was if the students um, faithfully attended the classes, if they passed the exams, um, we would be able and we would plan to send everyone who completed our program to Chicago and Phyllis, through her dedication and perseverance, um, was actually able to spearhead making that happen. So we were pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty phenomenal. And, I'm, you know, it makes a, for a great story, you know, to hear it. And I imagine in your role of writing the national grants for the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, it's those kinds of stories that are also very instrumental in attracting grants and, and holding on to grants? Well, they really are because, um, you know, companies that um, offer funding are really looking for, you know, value from that funding and they're looking for how are you um, either promoting education among our youth or what are you providing to our youth. And, and that's really where the focus is when they are looking to, um, you know, provide grants. And so our challenge in in working on, um, you know, putting together grant information is to make sure that we focus on um, our youth, focus on the training that's provided to our youth, focus on the possibilities for our youth, and um, uh, write those things into the grant to show where the value would be to those companies and organizations and foundations that do have the um, funding. So we've been um, blessed with uh, being awarded um, one uh, particular grant, the American Honda Foundation grant, which enabled a number of our students to not only participate, and this is at the national level now because the grant was at the um, national level, not only participate in the training programs this year, but also enabled uh, some of the uh, chapters to be able to send students to both the high school computer competition as well as the youth technology conference. So it's certainly a challenge to get funding. You know, certainly there's so many organizations that are, are vying for uh, funding these days. And so through the um, assistance of Wayne Hicks, um, we were able to get this grant. And so that's just been a, a real um, very positive um, for us in being able to assist our students. Yeah, I, we, you know, it's been very motivating to not only see the students at the national conferences, um, and then I guess towards the end of August, I had the opportunity to talk with some of the students, both from the competition and the technology conference, and I was really pleased to hear that they are stepping up to share their story and to get other students involved in BDPA, um, and actually Jane Zetta is working with several of the students to create a campaign that will kick off later uh, next month. So the, you know, the work that you're doing on behalf of BDPA and the students is, is really making a difference. I want to thank you for that. So as you kind of reflect on 
what you are doing with BDPA and the impact that you have, you know, what um, what kind of keeps you going? When I had an opportunity to interview Wayne in the very first show, there were specific stories that, you know, he said when he had a tough day, he would, he would think about. And I'm just wondering, in your role as VP of, you know, the member services on a national level, what what keeps you going when kind of the times get tough? And maybe you get that letter that says, oh, no, there aren't any funds available. <laughs> well, what keeps me going is uh, really the possibilities and the opportunities that we have through BDPA. You know, BDPA offers you an opportunity to meet, uh, as I said earlier, and network with um, African-American and other minority IT professionals and to share stories and to share experiences that perhaps you cannot um, necessarily share with some of the majorities who are in the uh, same profession. And so I've met um, friends and associates over the past 14 years that I've been with BDPA that I value for a lifetime. And even though we may not be, you know, on an ongoing basis uh, communicating, it could be two or three years, and yet I know that person is there, and if something comes up where I either need that person's assistance or they might need my assistance, we know that we've got someone that we can count on. And so the um, from the first time I attended a BDPA conference, I was really sold. I had already been sold on BDPA, but then I was, a sold, I was sold on attending the conferences, and I've attended every conference since 1998. And um, I certainly, um, the Lord willing, plan to attend every conference until I can't attend conferences anymore because it's just such a dynamic and exciting opportunity and experience. And so that's what really keeps me going is um, just the friends and associates and the opportunities that BDPA provides. And so although I'm giving back, I'm also receiving. And so it's a win-win on both sides, and I'm just excited about it. Hmm. And I, I hear that excitement. When Now that you're on the radio and I know that you have multiple opportunities to interact with the BDPA membership, um, but given this particular platform, how would you like members to connect with you or connect um, on a local or regional level so that the work that you do, in a sense, gets multiplied, um, and you know the entire BDPA family kind of gets the benefit. Because many of our um, guests have really shared that BDPA is a membership organization where members serve and members receive, and you identified that as well. So I'm wondering, the thought, what's one thing that members can do to serve so that they actually can receive even more? Well, I would say the one thing that members can do to serve, and that's um, any listeners, even those who may not be members, but are thinking about being members, is really just to, you know, understand what it is that that BDPA provides that can bring you value and can assist you in your own life and then also what is it that you can do to assist others. And I think by doing that, you know, that, that certainly gives you that sense of satisfaction and it also assists somebody else. So that's kind of, you know, paying it forward, paying it back. You know, you're helping and being helped and um, 
I mean, I think that's that's just really what it's all about. And and in the meantime, you are having fun. You are enjoying the camaraderie of the people that you interact with, and you are you are assisting our youth in perhaps coming up and replacing you and passing you and be doing even greater things that perhaps you may have achieved in your own particular career. So that that's really what BDPA provides, and that's what, to me, it's all about. Wow. Well, wonderfully said, and I'm sure as you go across the country, you have the opportunity to share that in different ways and encourage others to really be um, the voice of BDPA as well. So, Paulette, thank you so much for being on our show this evening, and I really look forward um, to having you back on the show again and encourage uh, the listeners to really follow your advice um, and get involved and make BDPA something that they're proud to be associated with, um, get benefits from, and are able to encourage others to enjoy as well. So thank you, and have a thank great you. evening. Thank you. You do the same. And so what we're going to do is take a brief commercial break, and we'll uh, get a little update on the BETF Foundation through our advertising. And then when we come back, we will talk with our next guest, who is Wanda Gray. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Well, welcome back. And Wanda, how are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? Just fine, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I know that you are with the BDPA uh, Cincinnati chapter and that you're currently serving a two-year term as the chapter president and that in the past you've been VP of membership management and that you also bring a perspective tonight of that of an entrepreneur. So welcome to the show. I'm I'm hoping that in our conversation you'll uh, be able to share the various aspects. Um, and first, I guess I really want to know, how did you get involved in, in BDPA? Um, well, I will say that um, there are two main reasons how I started or why I started, actually. Um, while I was in school for IT, I rarely found any African-Americans in my classroom that I could network with, and the same was true in corporate America. Um, for example, if I go into a meeting, um, there w- there wasn't uh, any time that I, I was not only I was the only African American person in that meeting room. Um, it was difficult to find any mentors that I could work with to help guide me through my career. So when I when I saw a group that was for African American IT folks, I was pretty excited about it. I knew I wanted to be around that type of environment. When I began to network with the BDPA members and saw the opportunities that they provided, I wanted to be a part of that and contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. 
So really, it's, it's interesting that you're following Paulette because she sort of set up the scenario of how BDPA adds value, and then you're, in a sense, testifying to the importance of that network and what a difference it, it makes. I'm also almost hearing that there may have been times where there was a sense of isolation um, and that BDPA absolutely. provided support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first BDPA meeting that I went to is where I actually met Wayne Hicks at that meeting. And um, um, I got to know the, more about the BDPA. I started attending more meetings. And then I joined the BDPA. And then at one point I went to a, actually went to a meeting where they had um, – uh, a speaker there who was talking about an opportunity at a company, um, a, a job opportunity at a company, and I thought, well, let me just try this. And so just being at that meeting, I was able to network with that person, and then I, I got a job at that at that company, um, and that was all due to the BDPA. Mm, wow. So for the listeners out there that, may not have visited www.bdpa.org and clicked on that membership button. Um, Wanda is uh, sharing with you the power of networking. Well, you know, as you as you have found value in BDPA, I see from your bio that you took on additional membership uh, and leadership roles. And at the same time, you really developed your entrepreneurial skills. Tell us kind of how those two work together, being a member, um, being in corporate America, transitioning out and, and creating your own entrepreneurial activity. What sort of what worked well and what were some of the challenges? Well, I think um, – the when I started working for the when I started volunteering for the BDPA and then my background with um uh being in corporate America, you get to know some of the things that you believe um you would want to focus on and some things that you can do well and opportunities you wanted to you would like to um uh see how it would work for you. And so having the opportunity to um volunteer in different areas at the BDPA for example um, one of the things when I met Wayne, um, I worked for, as a volunteer uh, for the BDPA as a VP of membership management, and it taught you, it taught me a lot of things about um, ways you can um, help lead an organization and/or come up with different strategies or or ideas that you think um, you can apply to have something to be successful. Um, uh, I, other things I've learned is some things that you've, I've learned my strengths and my weaknesses, and uh, some of the things that I know that I don't do well. Uh, one of the things that um, it helps you realize is that when you surround yourself by people that can help complement you, complement your skills, they can they're better at certain things. Um, you you need to make sure that if you want to be successful, that you do surround yourself with people that can um, help. Um, fill that gap where, where your weaknesses may be. And I think um, doing that and and having an opportunity to do that with the BDPA and or with a, a business has been a, a great learning experience for me. Mm. And now, have you had several businesses where you've been a member and running the business 
Well, the one the the last one I worked on was that um uh I had a restaurant, a family restaurant um well, with my family. And um it started out with uh, the catering part and then we went into the restaurant part and then weird personal things started happening and I I decided to close it and then go back into IT um rather than keeping the restaurant open, but what that what it allowed me to do, one of the things that I did do was reach out to um a BDPA member uh, when I wanted to, when I decided to close my restaurant and go back into IT, I reached out to a former BDPA member, and that was that networking opportunity that um, I was able to take advantage of. Hmm, and that's a powerful, you know, not only being able to establish the network, um, and then the whole really responsibility of maintaining um, those connections. Uh, so mm-hmm. that when it's time to transition um, and or when there are opportunities, there are people, again, to reach out and reconnect with. Yeah. Well, you joined BDPA when you were a student. As you, and now in your leadership role, you had the opportunity to attract, uh, retri- uh, retain, and really increase the involvement of students. What are some of the strategies that you're using? It's always interesting for our audience to hear what different, um, you know, presidents are doing or not doing um, because there's the opportunity to borrow um, and leverage those great ideas. Um, I think one of the – there's a couple things. Um, One of the main things is, again, reaching out to um, your resources, and, of course, Wayne Hicks is a great resource. Um, there's people or indoor organizations that are coming, uh, tapping the BDPA on our shoulders and saying, can uh, we work with you all to uh, do X, Y, and Z, or we may be going in the other direction. We'll see uh, what they're doing and try to work with them to see how we can um, leverage what they're doing. I think one of the main things is working with outside organizations um, to expand what we can do and our reach um, to outside organizations to work together to um, to have the end goal of helping our students to that that are interested in IT. Um, just like the gentleman before, we're talking about emerging technologies. Um, how can we improve um, the knowledge of our kids and how can we as the BDPA organization partner with other outside organizations to to get to that end goal? So I think that when we are able to leverage outside organizations and not just um, focus on, um, not not just have it self-contained within the BDPA, just re- reaching outside of organizations with it locally and nationally, that I think when you partner together, you have a better reach to the to our not only our students but adult members as well. Right, right. And and that uh that is I'm really glad that you highlighted that and as you were speaking I was thinking of some of the points that Todd Q. Adams shared and certainly um I am sure that a number of chapter presidents and member uh chairs and program uh folks within the chapters are writing down energy smart grid (laughs) (laughs) and and saying, oh, gee, we hadn't really thought of that particular (laughs) sector. um, How about um, student involvement? I I mentioned earlier that uh, 
uh, James Etta James is working with several of the students for them to actually create a media campaign so that we really have a student-to-student -student outreach on the high school level and then ideally there'll be some competition to do that on the college level so that we're really starting um, at the classroom level and getting people looking at the possibilities of the boardroom, whether or not it's in their own business or within another organization. So I wondered um, in terms of motivating the high school students to reach out and bring a friend, um, what are some of the things that your chapter is doing this year? I had, that's a good idea, reach out to students and have them uh, bring a friend and write that down. But one of the things that um, I think we started looking at, one of the things I know we started looking at this year is, is starting it earlier in age, um, looking at third graders on up through college and um, offering, again, partnering with other organizations where we offer um, services or um, teach the kids different things about IT um, because IT is very diverse. You can do five million things in IT and not get bored. So having a, an opportunity to expand um, the type of students and the age range of students that we uh, work with, I think, was is, is one of the things that was new this year. That is um, is just going to only is only going to grow as we get as we continue to do that. Excellent, excellent, and I know that. For the Youth Technology Conference this year, we had seventh grader. So I I do think that um, that strategy that you shared is an important one for chapters to look at in conjunction with what you just mentioned, identifying resources that you can partner with so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Well, Wanda, you really are a wealth of information, and I have enjoyed hearing you share how CPAs made a personal difference uh, for you at different points within your professional and business career. And I wondered as we wrapped up, um, what final thought you'd like to leave our audience with tonight? Um I would say that the BDPA is a is really a great organization, especially for opportunities to network, and it's it is truly from students to adult members, and and we don't want to f forget about the adult members because we BDPA does have a lot of uh, programs and services for adults too, for um, experienced professionals and people who are interested in in getting in into IT that may be changing their careers. Um, and also for adults, the opportunity to volunteer, um, to sit on a board, or even if they're not on a board, to volunteer to um, execute a project or something like that, that will help them um, advance their skills that they can probably add a line item to their resume, um, but also give back to the community. So I think the BDPA runs the gamut of uh, working with students, adults, entrepreneurs, uh, sponsors, everyone across the board in IT. So anyone interested in IT, uh, working with the BDPA is a, is a great way to get started. Well, that is a wonderful, I, I like we can kind of start on that in terms of BDPA is a great way to get started, and it's a wonderful end note as well. 
Would you like mm-hmm. to share with the listeners um, the website for your particular chapter so that if anyone wants to check out BDPA uh, Cincinnati, they can do so, whether it's the website or an email address or, um, um, you know, a telephone number? Yeah, we're at uh, bdpa-cincy.org, or we're also on Facebook as well and Twitter for the BDPA Cincinnati chapter. Excellent. Well, good. I am sure that you'll have some additional people checking out the website and following you on Facebook and um, tweeting to you on Twitter. So (laughs) thanks again for joining us tonight. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you. Welcome. Well, up next is Lahisha Williams. And Lahisha is joining us as the founder of Career Help for Christians. And you may be wondering, well, wait a minute, I thought this was all about IT. And guess what? Lahisha, um, when she was involved in BDPA earlier, was the president of the BDPA DeVry chapter in Chicago. So tonight we actually have two guests who have joined the organization while they were in the education process. And then she later became active with the BDPA Chicago chapter. And one of her passions, and I've had an opportunity to visit her website, is in helping to empower students. So I'd like to welcome you, Lahisha. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being our final guest for tonight. And uh, I'm really looking for you to just kind of jump right in and share with us, you know, when you were president of the BDPA DeVry chapter, what was it like? You know, how did it get started? Um, and, and how did that help you, you know, be in the BDPA family? So welcome and, and kind of start us off at the very beginning. Thank you so much, and it is truly an honor to be a guest on the show tonight. Uh, What really attracted me to BDPA, um, ditoing what Paulette and Wanda have mentioned, was the importance of networking and just developing relationships and and just lifelong learning. And so earlier in my career, I began to search for membership organizations that that could provide me that networking atmosphere and also the opportunity to be um, joined with people who were um, studying the same things that I was studying and also active in IT professionals. And so uh, what also attracted me to BDPA were just the initiatives that they outlined on their goal of training people to be able to go from the classroom to the boardroom. And at my point, at this stage where I was at, at that point, I was in the classroom. And one of my goals was to become a CEO of a corporation. And once I saw BDPA's model uh, from the classroom to the boardroom, I was like, this is it. This is the organization that I would like to put, you know, my effort and my time into being involved with. And so uh, starting, because I was the founding president for the BDPA Divide Chicago chapter, and then founding that uh, chapter, one of the things that I thought was important was uh, identifying other students that, that were on campuses that had the same type of ideas that I had, the same type of motivations 
to be able to graduate from an IT with an IT degree and uh, immediately start working in the field. So I wanted to put myself around those people. And from there, we had a couple of people that were interested in BDPA, and we started a chapter at, at, the, at the Chicago chapter. Sorry, at the Chicago wow. uh, campus, Mm-hmm. It takes it takes vision. It takes persistence. It takes influencing skills um, and determination to say, "I had this idea, and I'm going to find out who else is interested in helping to make it happen." So again, congratulations on starting a chapter. Um, in a place where you are in that learning mode as you shared. And I'd like for you to kind of transition us now in how that energy that you had as a founding president, you now utilize and leverage on a daily basis. Your bio says you're the guiding light um, in creating, you know, the student empowerment retreat and also in the work that you do um, with your own business. Yeah, no problem. The the motivation behind, uh, because at that time I was no longer a student member, but I had uh, uh, went on to volunteer at a local chapter level, and I was the director for the student member services for the Chicago chapter. And the motivation behind that was before we even thought about the student empowerment retreat, I had uh, I had the experience of going to a national uh, conference. And my first time at this national conference was just so overwhelming. It was so exciting. Uh, you, it, it was great to be able to meet and, you know, shake hands with people who had made it in the IT profession, uh, be able to sit in sessions and learn from those people as well. And so leaving from that conference, I was, excited, I was excited to go back to classes to make sure I, you know, understood the concept that was being taught. And at that time that I was serving on Chicago level, I was like, I think our students need to be for this type of excitement before they hit the national chapter. And it, was, it also had a lot to do with the feedback that we were getting from our student population. Um, at that time, we had three student chapters uh, for Chicago. We had the uh, BDPA Dubai Chicago chapter. Uh, we had the Dubai Kelly Park chapter. We also had the DePaul chapter. And so the feedback that I was hearing at the time was having a a time where all of our student chapters could come together and just interact with one another because, again, it's all based on developing relationships and networking, but having an opportunity to meet other students and to be able to mingle with people who, who were of that age group that, can, that shared that same type of excitement about BDPA. And so in that first the student empowerment retreat, which is, it's still going on every year today at the Chicago um, chapter. Wow, that is exciting. Now, one of the things that happens as a result of various communication methods that BDPEA has, whether it's in print or, um, you know, the social media or through the website or through the actual chapter meetings, is that people get to exchange ideas. And so I want to congratulate you on starting the empowerment retreat and the fact that it's still going on is extremely powerful. 
and I'm wondering to what degree have other chapters, you know, adopted this concept and or if they haven't, how, you know, might you be able to share some of the successful best practices so that someone listening may say, gosh, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but maybe we should have something for our students before they go to the National Chat Conference. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, I can't really speak to who, what other chapters are, um, if other chapters have something like the student empowerment retreat at their level, but definitely one of the best practices that we put in place was to, to listen to the feedback of our students. Again, this was both from their ideas, and we what we did was uh, held some recent sessions and made it happen, along with the uh, the leadership of our uh, Chicago chapter. And so um, definitely just putting some fillers out for the student population at each chapter and seeing if this will be something that they would like to undertake because in the end it's something that the student chapters will have to uh, make sure that they see through and, and um, be participating and involved in it. And because we started it at the level that it was their idea anyway, um, that's why we were able to have it to be such a success and it's still continuing today because it was their idea. Mm. So really the leadership skills, the boardroom skills were being developed right there because they were taking an idea and putting it into practice. Exactly. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier part of it was this opportunity when you were learning and committed to learning about technology um, to get more of that knowledge from people who were already in the industry. And I'm wondering, given that, you know, Todd started off the show kind of identifying how we've touched the fantasy of technology, we're, we're doing it now. You know, the Jetsons was a cartoon, and now a lot of that stuff, you know, we already did like five years ago. So okay. what are some of your thoughts in terms of technology and how it really can impact the lives, the careers, and future of young people in the black community? Because clearly you're very passionate about this connection between youth and ideas and leadership and motivation. So I'm I'm going to stop and, and give you an opportunity to answer that. Well, uh, my concept and my thought about technology is, is the premise that it is a tool. And so not, I think what we have... Um, evolved with technology 10, 15 years ago, and that's about as far as I can go back, but 10 to 15 years ago, uh, a lot of the emphasis on technology was how to use it and how to be an expert, you know, how to make sure you're using Microsoft Word um, effectively in order to produce research papers. And what it, what it has evolved into now is more so my 13-year-old has a Twitter account. And so it's more so communicating and using technology as a tool to communicate to anyone and everywhere. 
um, more so with LinkedIn being able to uh, you you're being able to apply for jobs right through a social networking platform. You know that 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 in itself is a, a large you know uh, involvement or evolvement that technology has taken, and so. I would definitely, my thought about the technology is just having everyone to embrace it, even if you're not at the IT professional level where you can understand what Todd is, is speaking of when he speaks of smart grid and things like that, but more so on a very user-friendly basis and just starting up a Facebook account or starting up a Twitter account, it affects the way we communicate and the way that we're able to um, interact in other people's lives as well. So using it more so as a tool to get done the things that you need to do. I hope that makes sense. So I'd really like to give you a moment to pull it all together and share with the audience just, you know, kind of the one minute, I won't call it a, a commercial, but the one minute uh, description of what you're doing with the career help for Christians so that people have an idea about that and where they might contact you if they want to experience this energy um, that you're sharing with us on the phone tonight. Yeah, well, the, the birth of Career Help for Christians, I'm sorry, for Christians came out of my just my need and my passion for helping people to make sure that they take, you know, uh, time to plan their career. Uh, so many times we just go get in and we understand what the salary number is and we're like, yes, I could use that much money, and we're just often applying for the job. But more so taking a step back, understanding your passions, understanding the things that you, you know, get excited about doing naturally and applying that to a career plan where you will naturally thrive in. And so uh, my career health for Christians so goes from the standpoint of understanding who you are as a person, the things that excite you, your passions and your uh, the things that you like to do, uh, linking those things up with careers that you will excel in and just helping you to uh, make a career plan and execute it in a timely fashion. And so I provide things, uh, everything from resume writing, critiquing, and things of that sort uh, to the actual coaching of making sure you follow through on your career plan. Excellent. And I would be remiss then, given that very succinct description of what you do, if I didn't ask you then, in your final thought, to connect that passion back to BDPA. So I'm going to have you, because this is the BDPA Internet Radio Show, so for the listeners, what is a way that you bring that all together? Well, one, I think, that should be a part of any career plan is linking yourself with like-minded individuals uh, in an atmosphere that you will gain support and learning opportunities um, in your field of study. And so that's why I'm so passionate about uh, joining, you know, being a part of membership organizations. A lot of times we hear that there's perks in memberships and there's benefits in membership. Well, I believe the power of your membership is based on your involvement in that uh, organization. And so you never really know how much 
power or how many the, the wealth of resources that you have access to in your membership if you're not involved in the organization and and you're getting around and you're meeting people and you're interacting uh, on the platforms that's designed for you to, uh, you know, uh, interact with other people in the organization. So not only the, uh, the importance of being a member in a national organization, but also being involved to the point that you're meeting people and you're developing relationships. That 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 is, in a sense, what networking is all about. So um, connecting that whole career plan with uh, being able to surround yourself around a system of support uh, is what it's all about, and it will definitely uh, help you as you excel in your career as well. And I I am sure that there are a number of people jotting that down. Uh, sort of a sound bite for me is, you know, the value and the access of membership and how being involved is, in a sense, the key that kind of, you know, takes it to the next level. So, Lahisha, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I really appreciated your, your passion and your energy. Um, I can see why uh, young people enjoy being around you and they feel empowered. And I know that your chapter is very fortunate to have you um, sharing that energy. So thank you and have a great evening. I look forward to having you as a guest on the future show. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Well, we're going to wrap up the BDPAI radio show for this evening. I'm going to do just a quick check, and I am sure that on our next show, which will be October the 11th, that Wayne Hicks will join us, and he'll have a lot to share and give us an update on what's happening with the BEPF, which is the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Definitely enjoyed having you as listeners. Please feel free to take advantage of the wealth of information that's available with BDPA. If you don't already have a membership, you've heard from our four guests lots of reasons why getting a membership through BDPA is extremely valuable to you personally and professionally and affords you the opportunity to learn to network, to give back, and to really take yourself from the classroom to the boardroom. Regardless of your age, we all have the opportunity to learn, and thank you for being part of this educational journey. I'm Fran McNeil, host of BDPAI Radio, and we're wrapping up the show for September 2011. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.